Hi, it's Jamie. And I'm Portia. And we are Just Two Pearls. Join us for Adventures in Pearls. Two Pearls, on today's episode, we are talking about the importance of writing down your ideas. And we are going to start out with a very, very, very brief reflection. And this is by Swapna Hato, and she is the author of the Dave Pigeon series. She writes, Always keep a notebook and pen by your bedside. No matter how much you convince yourself that you'll remember that brilliant idea in the morning, you really won't. Write it down because sleep has a way of giving you ideas and then stealing them right back. All right. I like that. Yeah, you know, writing and keeping something by your bedside, like a pen and pad and paper, I think is so important, Jamie. That's something that I do. And I'm really excited that for our very, very, very first Pearly Pro Tip, we are talking about writing it down. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jamie, what are some of the best practices that you do? Oh, (laughs) I know. I was going to start with you. I know that you have been (laughs) really good about blogging and about putting your ideas out there into the world. So maybe you can share a little bit just about your writing practices because you know, for me, since you were asking me, I will start off by just saying, for me, writing is both a professional practice, you know, as ministers, as scholars, that's something that we have to do as a professional process, but it is also a spiritual practice, being able to write down what the Holy Spirit places on my heart, and it might lead nowhere, but oftentimes it does lead somewhere, and I need to be able to remember it and to go back and reflect on it later. And sometimes it even just helps, as you said, to have a notebook or even to put things in the notes section on my iPhone if I, if I think about them during the day, and just so that I can see them in the future. Because sometimes they're just reminders about how to live. It's nothing that I need to share with people. It's a reminder to me about how I am called to live. But what are your writing practices? Because you are, you've been blogging, girl, since you were in, what, college, early college? I mean, you know, I was out here striving as a striving blogger since <laughs> college. <laughs> but, yeah, so, right, so I was a writing minor, actually, in college. English was my major. Writing was my minor. And so I love to write. I've been writing in general as a daily practice since I was 12. And so for me, whether it be poetry, whether it be short stories, whether it be um, a script for a play, whether it be trying to, really trying to turn a script into a screenplay, Lord knows that that is a a challenge, you know. But anyway, um, I write as a daily practice because it makes me feel good sometimes in the morning. I get up and I do what um, what's called morning pages. It's where you just get up and you just write whatever comes to mind. Sometimes you might just write blah, 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 blah. Sometimes you just might write like silly things like the sky is pink because I said so. Um, or you might write something like cats are horrible, dogs are better. And it might not really lead to anything, but it might, but it does help your brain get flowing. And sometimes you really will start writing things that will kind of like, wow, like I wrote that, and things that will kind of come to mind later. And so 
I do that as a daily practice, and then I also write devotionally, right? So I write as in like R-I-G-H-T, not write W-R-I-T-E. That's so funny. (laughs) Ha-ha, joke. Um, (laughs) But I write as a devotional practice where I write my prayers, and I absolutely love doing that because it helps you to go back and look and see, one, what God has done, where God has brought you. And I try to go back on the, to the date where I'm like, oh, what happened this time last year? And, or what happened this day five years ago? Or where was I even 10 years ago, right? So I've been doing this since I was 12, which means I have, you know, 16 years worth of journaling, <laughs> uh, which is kind of funny. But just to kind of see where I was and just to kind of give God thanks for where I've come from and just kind of thinking about where I want to go in the future. And so writing for me has just been like kind of like my lifeline to an extent. It's where I can just be raw, where I can be real, kind of uncut. Blog Now, there's different kinds of writing styles. So like blogging is a little bit different from like news writing. It's different from poetry. And just because like you're good at one form of writing doesn't mean we're going to be good at all forms of writing. So that's something to also take into consideration, too. But I love writing. You know, writing is life. It's bomb. And for someone who writes so much, it's crazy that she doesn't have, like, a a book written or anything, like, super, super, like, published. I mean, I have some articles published. But, you know, in terms of, like, other things, it's just like I'm always writing. But part of it is because I'm sensitive, Jamie. I'm sensitive about my writing. My writing is my baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get real sensitive. So, you know, I love to write. But, you know, it's kind of like a vulnerable space. It's like if I just let people into certain writings, it's like, ooh, you know, I'm like exposing a part of myself and I'm being vulnerable. So, yeah, that's kind of like where my head is, like, around writing. It's just such a great practice. Um, I really, really think so. And I do think that when we write things down, we have the power to, like, manifest them. So um, I think about just how writing is literally putting something into the atmosphere in itself. So I think we can kind of write our lives. Octavia Butler did it. Um, You know, Octavia Butler, the writer who uh, wrote Parable of the Sower and Kindred, she literally wrote her life on a notebook on the back of a spiral-bound notebook, and all of those things that she said she wanted actually came into fruition. And so it's just kind of interesting, uh, just the power of words in general. So, um, yeah, I think everyone needs to write. Pick up a pen. You don't have to be good at grammar. I'm terrible at grammar, and I'm horrible uh, with spell-checking, but I do it. And that's why people edit, right? That's why we have editors. I'm terrible at my own grammar and at my own editing, but I'm really good at editing stuff for other people, which is also very interesting. So, yeah, I say write. Writing is life. I totally agree with that. I think, Portia, I think of you more as a person who, obviously, you are a preacher, you're an academic, so obviously you write in terms of a professional sense. But I also think of you as someone who is an artist, but also, as you said, I do think that's a good, a a word that I might use to describe you, sensitive, and sensitive in the best sense of the term. Like you have a sensitive soul that leads you to create and write and think in a particular way and then is not necessarily, and I think that's important to note, sometimes it's meant to be shared with the world and sometimes we just have to put ourselves out there and, and share stuff. But also sometimes it's just for our own personal spiritual practice, it's for our own mental health, 
is even just sometimes to look back and say, oh, wow, when I was 22, this is how I was thinking. And now at 32, I'm thinking this way. Sometimes it's just a way of remembering your past and thinking about how far you've come. And especially as a person who's getting into archival research now, um, you know, working on a history project, I feel kind of mixed feelings about writing (laughs) because not my own personal writing, but about the writing of past historical figures because, of course, you know, I do black women's history and a lot of what I end up writing about is what I can find in archives. And what I can find in archives is women who wrote sermons and then the sermons are left behind to posterity. Women who did political speeches and then their political speeches were published. Um, Women who formed organizations in Boston and Philadelphia, you know, abolitionist organizations, and then they kept their minutes. And so we have them. And so I feel mixed feelings about that. You know, so many people are forgotten because either they didn't write their stuff down, they didn't have the opportunity because, you know, they weren't literate or they were barely literate. Um, You know, education wasn't afforded to them. And so there's a certain way in which we only acknowledge past people if we have their writing. So I feel kind of mixed ethical feelings about that in terms of the way that, you know, I'm writing about these people and the times in which they lived. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think writing is a way that we remember ourselves, we remember our own lives. But I think especially if we're talking about women of color whose lives are so often forgotten and demeaned and disregarded, one way that we continue to live on through history, I'm realizing as I'm kind of looking through these archives and there's so much that cannot be known and cannot be found, one way that we continue to live on through history is through our ability to write whatever it is that we're doing down. I would say even if you're part of an organization at your church, at your school, even in your workplace, just make sure that you're writing things down, keeping records, because it'll be interesting for you in terms of creating your own family history. And if you can find those sorts of similar things for parents and grandparents, it's really interesting. But also it'll be interesting to future generations to kind of know what we were doing and what we were thinking and to kind of get a glimpse into our interior lives. I don't know if they need to know whether cats or dogs are better, although they might, um, dogs for sure. But, <laughs> but you know, kind of more into the interiority of who we are, I think that's just so important to leave to future generations this opportunity to know us and to be fully known. And I think it's one of the great tragedies of history that, especially for black people, that we can't know everything there is to know about our ancestors. And in part, that is because of a lack of writing by no fault of theirs. But I think it's something that we can rectify for future generations. And we should look back at the writing, you know, if our, if our mothers or fathers or uncles or aunts were writers, if our grandparents were writers, you know, I even try to catch any glimpse I can of my uh, grandmother's Bible because she always kept notes inside of her Bible. Like, that's something that I want to look at. I want to see. I want to know what was on her mind. And I want to give that same potential gift to future generations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And as you were saying that, Jamie, like, two things came to mind. One, I really value the practice of ethnographic writing. And I would love for like in churches in particular, for youth and elders to kind of come together to write their stories down. 
So because once a generation dies off, we technically no longer have access to certain stories that are not, quote, unquote, published. And there's a wealth of knowledge in, in elders. There's a wealth of knowledge within generations. And so I encourage, you know, particularly like my youth at, at my church, every time um, the teens gather, we write. Like that's sort of the first thing we do. I say, y'all just write. Like write, write, write. And then there's also some – they're not like senior citizens, but they're elders in terms of they're older than the teens, right, who come into the space, who do share their stories. Now, they don't necessarily always write those stories down, but the point is to kind of get this dialogue going so that they have these stories that they can remember and that they can hold on to and that they can write them down. Because it's true, like if we don't write certain things down, we won't have a, a history or a track of what has happened, right, professionally, personally, pastorally. And the other part I was going to share, too, is one of my prayers is that when I'm gone, right, from this life, when I move into the ancestral world, <laughs> that, I, that someone would then either, one, publish my journals, not my morning pages. Like my morning pages, like I said, that's like blah, 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 like me just trying to get my – you know, stuff off my brain, you know, to wake up or recall my dreams or whatever have you, but that someone would just publish, like, my journals or put them in a safe space, like, in the archives. Like, I feel like, you know, not to be, like, arrogant and be like, ooh, one day when I'm famous or, like, when I've done, like, a great work, and that's more so what what I mean, like, when I've done a great work in this life that someone would care to know more not just about me personally, but about the work that I was doing or that the work of others were doing. So I don't just write about me. I also write about other people and other things and events and things like that too, that people would go back and say, wow, this happened in 2018 in Newark, New Jersey. Or, oh, this happened in 2008 in Atlanta, Georgia. Or, oh, this was going on, you know, back in 2002 from the eyes of a 12-year-old. Like, Wow. You know, so, like, things like that. And so, particularly as I started writing in 2002, which was at the turn of a new millennium, you know what I mean? And so it's kind of like having those things. Like sometimes let me forget. And I realize, especially, like, writing, um, like, media only, to, like, spins a story that they want people to remember and not always a story that we ought to always remember, if that makes sense. So it's good to have more than one narrative around. So I, my prayer is that people would write. I pray that people would continue to hear the stories of others and write them down, especially with our family um, and lineage. And so that's my prayer for people. And so when I pass on, I pray that someone would find all of my journals and do something with them <laughs> for the greater good of all of humanity. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. I think it's so important. So important, so important. I can't overemphasize that, that we tell our own stories because you are exactly right. History will remember us however they want to remember us, but we will always have our own narratives if we wrote it down ourselves. If we, um, you know, going back to what you said about playwriting, about script writing, screenplays, it's really important, y'all, not just to be – I think all sorts of writing is important, right? I think it's important that we write songs, that we write poetry, that we write screenplays, that we write plays, because our stories need to be told. And the only way that our stories are going to get told is if we tell them ourselves. We do that through history books. We do that through 
political science books, like, right, like people like Melissa Harris Perry do this. Um, we do this on, you know, if people are producers on news shows and writers on news shows, that's part of the way that we tell our stories. People will don't mind telling stories about us, but it is important that we stand up and we tell our own story. And so, yeah, so I would say I completely agree with Portia. Even if you're not writing anything that's necessarily going to be published in this life, just leave it behind for, you know, future generations. And, uh, yeah, I think that's super, 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 super important. Write it down, y'all. That's our pro tip. Okay, so uh, I think that's enough on this topic. I think we have beaten this course, and I hope everyone will invest in a journal or even, like I said, even if you are attached to your mobile device or to your iPad or to your laptop, you can also write things down even using your computer using your phone. You don't necessarily need to go out and buy yourself a journal or a nice pen, even though I would recommend. I do both, personally. Um, But you just need one or the other. And uh, even sometimes a napkin at a restaurant will do. Just write it down, y'all. Okay, Portia, we're going to conclude with a petty pearl. Yes, girl. And so let me just say, right, so as much as I write, you know, and people who know me, and Jamie, you're one of those people, know that I love to write, girl. So let me tell you, I, without fail, I get journals on journals on journals on journals, right? But, girl, let me tell you, I mean, I have so many blank journals, it's ridiculous. And I am that type of person I have, like, my OCD-ness, I, this is me being personally petty. I'm so OCD that I can't start another journal until I've completed one journal. So, you know, and it kind of it kind of gets to me when I see other people writing in journals, like, multiple journals. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why can't you just finish that one journal? So, you know, that's just me, right, in my own petty ways. But so – yeah, that's just me and my petty ways, girl. Like, if I get a journal, I will leave, literally leave that journal on the shelf and let it sp- and wait till the opportune time where that journal speaks to me, and I'm like, yes, I'm gonna use this journal for the next journal. Cause, but you know, that's that. I don't know if that was really petty. That was more of a Porsche pet personal petty. You know, just me and kind of my ways and just how like I will let and like I will keep buying journals and collecting journals. And, and not writing them until I feel like it speaks to me. I don't even know if that's really all that petty, but, you know, there's that. But, you know, another pe- a petty writing thing, Jamie, you actually said it, and I'm going to say it on the show. We were talking earlier, y'all, because that's what we do, you know, with the pearls. But Jamie and I actually share a very similar thing that we cannot stand what people do is when people are writing papers and they leave, like, an orphan line on the next page. It's like, just cut your pages down. You know, if you're going to write 10 pages, write 10 pages. Don't write nine pages and then an extra line on the 10th on the page. Like, that's not 10 pages. That's actually nine in a line. Like, that's not the same thing. And so Jamie and I actually share that in common. Like, we do not like to see orphan pages. Like, don't do that, y'all. Like, don't just write for the sake of writing and just to be getting, you know, jibber-jabber out in your academic papers, like, right, if you're going to do serious writing, do your serious writing. Leave your jibber-jabber for your morning pages. Leave your jibber-jabber for your journal, okay? Jibber-jabber journals, not jibber-jabber academics, okay? I'm just saying, don't, don't do it. 
Don't do it because nobody wants to read jibber-jabber academic papers. Just saying. You know, same thing with sermons. Don't jibber-jabber in your sermons just to extend the sermon. You know, if you know you got a five-minute sermon, baby, preach that five-minute sermon. Don't be making it 20 just for the sake of making it 20. And please don't preach 40. But, you know, there's that. That's all I got to say for today. Bless y'all. See you on the next pro tip. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Just Two Pearls. And you can email us at adventures at just two pearls.com. And remember, cultivate the pearl within you.